Wait, is that a, are you referencing something there in particular, or no, is that just what they teach you when you in beatboxing school? Oh, here we go. Boots and boots and cats. Boots and cats. <laughs> is that how it goes? Am I doing it? Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where Charlie tries not to screw up the intro as much as possible, and we try to find some of the coolest innovations at, <laughs> at uh, academic institutions so that you don't have to. You're pulling it off. <laughs> Nobody can tell, right? I think this is great. Thank you for joining us. That was Joe Rungi, an entrepreneurial werewolf, law dog. How's it going? It's going great. Let's keep going to this. <laughs> this is great. I think I'm a pro at this. And also with us is Tyler Scher. PhD, science wizard. How's it going? Great, but not as good as you're doing. <laughs> he just seems horrified right now. This is fantastic. <laughs> I'm sweating like a pig, more than usual. So while Charlie's sweating and Tyler is horrified, I'm going to slow things down to remind you that you wouldn't be hearing this if you didn't rate and review the podcast. And please, please promote this to your friends, <laughs> the ones that you trust and whose opinion matters, that this is something that they should be listening it to. It also might be a good way to punish your enemies. I'm just saying, you know, recommend the show. In the end, it's still data to us. And we all win. <laughs> so I think that said, I think it's time we, we're going to stick with, a, I think, a theme that we're, we're going we're gonna, to uh, talk about VA. Uh, yes. technologies and st stuff that the VA is doing, very cool stuff. Um, so I, I think uh, we, we talked a little bit about diabetes. That made me think about, uh, I think, you know, associated uh, illnesses with vi with diabetes. Made That's think right. Of eyes, you know, yeah. uh, vision turns out to be a problem. Yeah. Um, so Diabetic maybe, retinopathy. Maybe, yeah, yeah. So let's stick with some vision issues. Yeah. Um, so is the VA, what's the VA working on that might be related to vision? VA yeah. has a solution for um, early detection of diabetic retinopathy and other vision associated illnesses. So what is, what is retinopathy? What? Is that where your retina falls off? That's or? pathology of the retina, literally. Pathology. Yeah. What's, so it's okay, what's pathology? Diseased retina. <laughs> diseased retina. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. So is that like it shrivels or does it, what does that mean? So you can, yeah, so you can have, and diabetic <laughs> retinopathy. As basic as I so I, I, if I recall correctly, uh, well, uh, yeah, so you can either have, so you have your your retina no longer functioning appropriately, and so this can be you can have you can have increased growth of of uh, tiny blood vessels in some cases um, of disease uh, where it leads to vision impairment. It, um, effectively, you'll have zones in your in your sight or line of vision that start to get kind of faded or, or grayed or blurred. Actually, were you going to add something, Joe? You I was going to say the retina is the layer of cells in the back of your eye that yeah, there we go. Light. I probably should have said that. Detecting light is what you <laughs> yeah. describe as vision. Okay, <laughs> that is helpful. Thank you. We're yeah. all on level now. Continue, yeah. Tyler. Okay. <laughs> and then, so some of those uh, cells stop working the way they're supposed to. They start to and, die, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. What is so, the associated pathology with diabetes? Because it's related to. Um, my, or am I putting you on the spot? Is it oxidative stress that that gets in there? <laughs> just throw just throw out a bunch of buzzwords. Yeah, that's you what know, I did. no, I mean it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it 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 has a strong correlation, obviously, uh, as a downstream of of diabetes and in particular type one diabetes. And I don't exactly know what all that connection is. I guess there's. I know uh, 
from what we discussed in the prior episode, type one diabetes, type one diabetes can have an effect on the heart and blood vessels. Um, and so maybe this has to do in some aspect with, with blood flow to the, to the retina or something. I cool, don't, man. I don't know Sorry to sure. put you on the spot. No, that's fine. Let's go back to yeah, some yeah. goggles. Okay. Yeah. So the technology for the detection here is embedded in goggles. So this was developed again at the U.S. Department of, of uh, Veterans Affairs, VA. Uh, these goggles can detect retinal diseases like diabetic retinopathy. They are patent pending, and they embody powerful technology uh, um, called electroretinography. So what do they? So what do they do? They do they like scan your eyes somehow, or they look at? I don't understand how this works. Yeah. How are so goggles. Yep. That's a good, that's a great question. It's not exactly obvious. Yeah. So they, they cover the eyes, um, obviously, and, and they, they have this. Got that covered. <laughs> they work way differently than earmuffs. They, they actually have this, this uh, pre-programmed flash, like a strobe sort of flash protocol okay. that, that then probes the retina for, for signs of disease. Um, oh, it, cool. It's able to read and measure. Um, these goggles automatically process and then analyze these ERG recordings, the electroretinography recordings, um, and then are able to to kind of give you a readout of of the um, severity and and uh, kind of stage your your disease and hmm. and the and also give you kind of an idea of um, how how early you are ahead of of actually developing real real symptoms of, of disease. Also, it could essentially detect the disease when it's pre-symptomatic. Yes, or at least very early, very wow, early really in, cool. this, in, the, in, 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 in the disease progression. Yeah, so diabetic retinopathy affects 100 million people worldwide, um, a third of which are on the verge of blindness. Uh, so, and again, there isn't what's a great... What's the current standard? Do you know what's the current standard for detecting this thing right now? Uh, yeah, so so this basically, that's a great question too. I mean, this basically mobilizes that current standard. So the current standard would be, would, would, would you use the same technology, electroretinography? Oh, so it would be proven but, but, diagnostic then. But it'd be in a clinic. Okay. Um, so you'd have to go to a clinic. It involves, the, the process is cumbersome and tedious. It involves using a, a dark room to get your eyes actually sure. like... Um, um, level, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so all of this can basically be simulated um, in a portable in, 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 a, in a portable pair of goggles. Well, that's well, that's great because with this, when at least in the context of the VA, VAs aren't everywhere. And yeah, this has got to help um, uh, get treatment to people at least rural and yeah, access for yeah. sure. Yeah, well, especially if you're like keeping track of disease progression, right? <clears throat> like you don't. That's want also a really good point too. In, yeah, you know, maintenance of it. Yeah, the easier it is to yeah. to get that measured, the easier it is to to keep track, to so, better keep track. Okay, so where what are the next steps for this one? What? Um. So yeah. So these goggles are patent pending. So it's still very early. This is this is early technology with with some some early encouraging data, but needs a lot of work still before it would make it to clinic. So okay. well, it sounds like they'd have to do a study showing the same level of efficacy of the kind of current standard, right? So yeah. you'd have you know a clinical study ongoing with the big clunky machine. And God, then it sounds like halfway. I mean, you're really I mean, the hard part's kind of done, isn't it? Because you know the test works. Period. Right. Mm-hmm. You just need to prove that it works in the small. You, know, you thing, can do some right? bench testing too for something like this, where you know you would make sure like it's clunky for a reason, right? So to make sure that you're getting I don't know enough radiant energy or whatever's relevant for the the type of analysis. I mean, I imagine that you could do a lot of equivalency demonstration before Definitely. you ever yeah. You know, how uh, how slap big is the person. problem again? 
Well, that's diabetic retinopathy in particular. Hundred million people. There's a hundred million people worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Is that a sufficiently large enough group of people for a company to want to take interest in this? Uh, I would say a hundred million is probably yeah. a pretty. That's a pretty large patient population. A lot of goggles. Yeah, that is a lot of goggles. Each one is like two a, I mean, It sounds like a really cool in, in, invention. Yeah. 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 So, kind of, um, you know, blindness comes from a variety of, of factors. Uh, one of them is, is glaucoma. Um, I couldn't give you the specifics on the incidence of, of glaucoma, but uh, it's, it is one of the leading causes of, of irreversible blindness worldwide. Oh, I can. It affects 2.7 million individuals age 40 or over, almost 2% of the population. And uh, wow. for those of you who have been to the eye doctor, that's the test that they do to evaluate, and they puff a little puff of air on your oh, eyeball. Oh, it's the air puff. Yeah, they hate that thing. Yeah, it's really it's way better than glaucoma though. Uh, I, yeah, well, because glaucoma occurs there. when there's too much pressure in your eye, and so uh, while there isn't really a treatment for it, there are uh, surgeries that can essentially uh, de-escalate the progression mm. of of glaucoma. Every time that puff test happens, I make a weird noise. Like, what noise do you make? Like, like do you little, feel like, like a staring? Sn- like some weird snort. I can't. It's like involuntary. I can't do it on oh. demand. We need a glaucoma machine. Well, while we're getting we, we at Corbin, a, can you give us a glaucoma machine to puff on Charlie's eyes, please? <laughs> while he's doing that. Um, so one of the, the means by which you can slow the progression is you could literally uh, engineer a way to decrease the pressure surgically inside the eyeball. You create a channel by which you essentially shunt some of the, uh, the the fluid in the eye, which is pushing increased pressure You're on, on the pressure. nerves of the eye. Oh, like a little itty bitty teensy shunt. Yeah, that, I think I think teensy is the critical word there. But it's still surgery, and so yeah. and it's in the eye, which is very sensitive. So one of the complications of the surgery is you'll essentially get a lot of scarring that will kind of come up with that. Mm. And so the VA uh, has come up with a, a way of using an existing uh, set of drugs to be able to uh, decrease the amount of scarring that's associated with it. So they use uh, HDAC inhibitors. These are histone deacetylase inhibitors, uh, which modulate gene expression. So mm. these are a class of drugs. I had to look it up. They're used in, in anti-cancer uh, applications because they essentially stop cells from proliferating. So cells, mm. when you have cancer, you've got a, a bundle of cells that just won't quit it, and right. they just keep growing. And what the, 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 the same mechanism of the drugs prevents scarring associated with glaucoma surgery kind of by doing the same thing. Yeah, They sure. just get all the cells to chill out. They can enjoy their you know traumatic environment, the inflammatory process, without freaking out and getting over-proliferative. So that way you don't get an excess of scar tissue, which essentially uh, decreases eye function uh, associated with kind of what, what's ongoing there. Mm. And so by sort of repurposing, kind of in a pretty hypothesis-driven way, a cancer drug that has like related biology to be able to use that in the eye to sort of stop them from... Uh, getting excess scarring associated with glaucoma surgery, it's been a very uh, ad- effective way to be able to administer it. So, so the innovation here is the off-label use of the, of the medicine? Yeah, so the, the, application. The, the VA has okay. filed a patent, which is essentially a method of using this class of drugs okay. and kind of the administration of it associated with... Um, and then there's this particular class of them, uh, it, and I, I can't pronounce the, the chemical name, but we'll include a link to it in, in the program notes. But there's this particular set of HDAC inhibitors that work seemingly well for this. So in addition to 
the method of using it, they kind of have like a, a preferred, like experimentally determined best class of them. So they've kind of got okay. those two things together. So could this work on other eye procedures as well? Or is it just for glaucoma surgery? So it's preventing scarring. And I think yeah. it's relative to the placement of where they do the surgery that's mm-hmm. relevant. But I don't think that necessarily uh, prohibits it from being useful in, in sort of other types of eye surgery. Okay. Hmm. So okay. anything that would sort of be related to scarring, and I think scarring is a particular complication for this uh, procedure. Okay. So it probably would be helpful, but it probably wouldn't have the same impact as it okay. does in this one. But I, I don't know for sure. So hmm. then I mean, maybe you already covered this, but I mean, what is the next step here for this being used clinically? So it's already essentially an approved drug, and my FDA savvy isn't necessarily the best. So there would hmm. probably need to be a sort of abbreviated FDA submission to be able to demonstrate that there aren't any unintended effects by alternative okay. administration. So, that's new... Sounds just pretty close. Yeah. I mean, yeah. closer than a lot of the stuff we talk about. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think the downside is is like uh, it's not a new drug. So okay. whenever we try to go to market with methods of using existing drugs, I mean, the, that patent's going to be harder to enforce. So they would have to come up with a fairly inventive commercial model to get a partner. And it's still, a, you know, there's no cheap and easy ways to bring drugs to market, even sort of reapplications of approved drugs still require at the very least some efficacy and safety data to to be able to proceed with it for the appropriate marketing. Is this a drug that's under patent anyway as a cancer treatment? So this is a class of drugs for which a there are some existing markets. Okay. I, the specific one they like, I don't know well enough to know okay. if it's available in market. I mean, there's a lot of data that they have in the patent application and they seem to imply a lot in their marketing materials to make me think that, yeah, these are probably drugs that are available. I don't think they're mm sort of synthesizing you know, these from a cookbook. But, uh, you know, I just say that because that's not what we would do. But um, I mean, it just it almost sounds like this sounds like, we you know, the company that, that has these kind of drugs in their portfolio, this sounds like, you know, right. kind of their thing to, right. to get this and thing And this out is something that, that drug companies will do. But again, like the, the cost or the administration. And then the other thing they need to think about, too, is that if all they're doing is approving a class of drugs, they'll immediately have competitors, because you know there are yeah. multiple HDAC inhibitors and there are multiple pharmaceutical right. companies. So for them, making the, the numbers work to sort of be the first one to be able to advance it there. One mechanism that would be really interesting and something that the VA is, has been very effective at is that there are a number of commercialization project or funds that are available, uh, you know, kind of conventionally through the SBRS TTR program, mm, but sure. also through uh, things like the Joint Incentive Fund which would be um, the uh, a program by which the VA can work with the Army to bring projects to market. Typically, they're focused on things that are a little bit more warfighter advanced, but yeah. if they could demonstrate an instance where there's high levels of eye trauma, and this might be a good way to sort of make that surgery more easily recoverable, it could be some incentive to be able to do it. Okay. Well, that sounds interesting. All right. So one last thing that, that oh, yeah. we do have, too, and, and this is a little bit different um, in terms of treatment of, of blind, but blindness, but the VA actually has – it's a uh, it's a mobile um, – I don't know what you call it. It's almost like a mini scooter, but the device sort of looks like a two-wheeled lawnmower, and it's meant okay. to help guide the blind. And so embedded in it what? is both radar and LIDAR. Do you know what LIDAR is? Laser? You're way closer than I was. It's light radar. Light radar. Yeah, so they just sort of bounce light signals around. And then you sort of scoot this thing in front of you. And it's meant to replace that little white cane because I guess that thing is pretty tricky to learn how to actually operate. And so the – this little scooter doodad is is sort of embedded with all of these different types of radar, lidar, 
uh, hypersonic localization. And so, so you can essentially use that to help guide you if you're blind and walking through. So if the retinopathy and the glaucoma are untreatable, the VA still has a solution. That sounds like one of those things. Why haven't they done that yet? I know, honestly. right? It's incredibly pragmatic, isn't yeah. it? So. You know, just a, you know, it's the, the expense. I mean, the energy needed to train. We love dogs, but right. but to train one properly. That's actually one of the things first mentioned in the patents, that the amount of effort that goes into you know training, seeing eye dogs, if there's like a scalable technical I mean, replacement. I, mean, I, I think, you know, I mean, not all heroes wear caves, but I think the person who figured out how to train a dog not to go after bacon <laughs> deserves, you know, some kind of metal. I need to I, talk to that guy because yeah. I've never gotten a dog. That <laughs> I mean, I mean that's what it takes, right? You can't have a dog go chasing after bacon every time it, it catches a whiff of it. Yeah. Um, well, that's really cool. The, yeah. The little, like basically a robot seeing eye dog scooter. Lawn yeah. Rolly thing, robot Lodor. So how would that? How would it? How does it work? Does it? Does so it's it, got a brake on it. You just push it. You along. just walk along, and then it stops, and yeah. then so that's. When and then you, I'm sure you know they've yeah. got a whole multiplicity of signals sure. they can give you, but if you're just not noticing that manhole in front of you, it just stops you. That is really cool. So how, where where's that one in the? What, I mean, what's the next step for that one? So something like this, because it's not as regulated like a typical medical device. I think that for a product like this, we're really. The, the thing to make this work is to spend a lot of time talking to people who would use it, right? So, you know, the, the class of blind people that is not – or class, the, the market of vision-impaired individuals who are going to be less interested in having a seeing-eye dog for whatever reason or maybe they're made out of bacon, right? Or, you know, the, 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 the group that really would be interested in this, you need to sit down and talk with them and figure out, okay – what features does a rolling seeing eye dog replacement lawnmower really going to need in order to make this work for you? Like well, no spinning how blades. Just, exactly. Uh, let's, let's, let's not have that. Okay, we just got to remove all the lawnmower features, right? Uh, you know, what is the charge distance? You know, yeah. everything about the product, you're really going to have to just narrow down and, and focus in and make sure that it is tailored. Because, like, this is one of the things that's got to be just right. You know, how yeah. heavy does it have to be? Yeah, you got to, oh, yeah, you'd hate to run out of battery life on that one. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then how do you actually get it so, so you know, you can have somebody who's vision impaired take care of it, right? right. I mean, how do you make the, the charging? It like, like a Roomba kind of deal where it just have a little, its own little charging station and roll over to it. Yeah. You know? I mean, but again, like this is a, a, a concept that's very broad, right? Yeah. So you've got this hazy notion and then it's a little bit narrower as to what they actually have a patent on. But the number of products that people are actually going to buy, that's like really specific. So sure. I think like for something like this, you're going to have to really focus in on that, really get to know your customers and really deliver something they like. Okay. Well, I think on that note, I think it's time to come to ground. Please take a moment to yeah. check the program notes. We'll make sure to include a link to the goggles, to the uh, new drug treatment for glaucoma surgery, and for the uh, blindness-impaired leading device. Yes. Uh, blindness-impaired. Seeing-impaired. That makes more sense. Thank you. Um, okay. So I think uh, on that note, uh, I do – oh, we should thank our sponsors, uh, Unimed, the tech transfer office uh, for the UNMC and UNO. Also, KVNO Studios, who lets us use their facilities. Also, thank you, uh, Corbin Hershorn, our producer. And Unitech, our new sponsor, the translational research incubator startup company maker – what, how's that go again? That's exactly what <laughs> I was going right? to say. It's, that it, rhymed. It, it like does stuff for startups that are somehow tangentially related to... Website coming soon. Website. <laughs> it doesn't rhyme anymore. Uh, for Tyler Scher and Joe Rungi, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you. And join us every Monday on Innovation Overground.